0: Roadshow episode number 405. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me for the final show of 2022. It has been a, uh, a crazy year for us, Cold Coffee. A lot of things have changed this year. I uh, I made a big change of career and uh, made some moves. Well, not change of career, but change a job and career direction to a degree. You yeah did, yeah. did did a great thing with the uh, the Train Alta program and made That's some true. solid physical changes and some some lifestyle changes and that sort of thing. So uh it's kind of been a a big year a wild year for us, man. How's how's this one going to live in your memory?
1: It's going to be good. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, I think the decision, you know, I mean, it was huge when you when you shifted away from uh to Junkie to start you know, your new thing and now like you said, uh senior your commentary career kind of take off and seeing you going more and more, you know, more that I don't see you at events (laughs) (laughs) for one reason or another. I'm like, maybe he's finally made that switch. Uh, but yeah, I mean, on the personal thing, I mean, yeah. I mean, when the the Alta program started in May, I mean, I had no idea of what eventually would change. And I mean, now when I think about what I want to do at the end of the evening, you know, before it used to be like, Hey, let's go get drinks or maybe, get some gambling in, which I, every once in a while I still do both, but <laughs> you know, now it's like, uh, I want to, I want to just get like some work in. I'll go into the the little home gym in the garage and just try to keep things going and, uh, realize that, you know, um, yeah, it's just, I felt like the, the lifestyle changes sort of changed. I mean, like it'll always be, you know, a, a bit of a degenerate, but you know, now it's just in, uh, you know, more, um, little small bits small bits of you know being a degenerative loser that loves his beer and gambling (laughs) uh but uh yeah man this year i mean i'm looking forward to to 2023 i mean um you know i think every time a new year starts it's always another chance for more opportunities and you know that at the end of the year you could look to see what you're able to accomplish and i'm really grateful for what we've been able to do with, uh, you know, the road show and keep going. And every time the number gets bigger before every episode is always a great thing. And, uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to see what, uh, the next year is going to be. But when I look back on this year, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for what we've been able to do. Uh, I'm grateful for the changes that I've made and being able to stick with it. And, uh, you know, as I, as I do this with you, like I can see I'm, I'm, more svelte in the face, and that's uh, always, always, always a good thing. There's a lot more room to go. I still haven't got the the one pack coming out yet. It's still a sort of a small keg barrel. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a one, giant one pack. Uh, well, by by sense, the way,
0: shaving down that bushy—I mean, just Norwegian yeah. <laughs> Viking beard—that you carry around from time to time—that kind of leans the face out a little bit too. I mean, you certainly have it, dropped the LB, so I'm not trying to minimize yeah. the impact of your work, but I'm saying <laughs> when you don't have that massive—I mean, putting Santa Claus to shame with the volume on your beard—it does kind of—it <laughs> does kind of—you know—thin the face down even more.
1: I, I'm the first Filipino Viking that there's that there's <laughs> ever been. Uh, I proudly wear that. No, it is it, and it, it's funny. It's uh I, I was always I was joking with uh, Abby uh kamikaze who does some Subhan? great editing Subhan. for us on the Subhan? 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 <laughs> who does great editing for junkie and has helped out on the show over time. You know, uh, I told him that when I drop uh, when I get closer to the target, I'm gonna shave everything off just so I can see what the face looks like.
0: Wow. Then I'm gonna let it
1: then I'm gonna let it grow back. Uh, beards really help to uh, hide the the double chins And in my case The the third chins and the fourth chins uh, You know So beards are good like that But uh, yeah it's funny I haven't seen my face without facial hair on it In pff, I don't even remember how long I haven't That's been, been a clean while. shaven in a long it, long it's time It's been
0: so long that when I see the old pictures Pop up where you are clean shaven It's like jarring to me You know what I mean Not, yeah. like, not like oh yeah I remember that It's like whoa I forgot he used to look like that
1: that's right when i first came out to vegas i didn't i didn't have a beard so uh yeah it's pretty crazy but who knows maybe uh, 2023 when we get closer to the goals and things uh we'll see i might even just do it just to let it grow back out you know i love uh, it so we'll see but uh- yeah No, it's been a good year.
0: I was going to say, so no resolution. I mean, I I don't think either one of us are really like resolutions type people, so to say. But I mean, in your case, like, uh, you know, you started this back in May, right? So it's not like you really are, are there any changes that you're making on January 1 or is it like, let's just keep the thing going that we're doing?
1: I'm definitely keep what I'm doing. I, you know, with that, I did. uh, I am going to actually try to get back into extreme just to uh, further get myself some more work in there. Um, But I don't really call that a resolution because it's not like I'm like, hey, I'm this year I'm going to join a gym. I'm gonna I want to get back in there because I'd love to um, um, just get access to their equipment that's there, and I'd like to do some more. boxing and some of the jujitsu but if there is something i did want to do i did want to do uh when i say that you know because i have a a heavy bag so i can work on the boxing but i would like to maybe do some more jujitsu just straight jujitsu classes this year just for just for just the flexibility yeah um and just to keep maintained because you know honestly like I can get a workout in there, but I realized it's that high intensity stuff. And yes, I could go outside and run sprints and do whatever. But, um, one of the things from that ultra class, when you're in there and you're grinding and just like getting close and you're like having to constantly be flexing while you're doing stuff, which was a lot of times it happens in the, the grappling or the jujitsu. I was like, man, it's a, it's a hell of a workout. And I'd love to learn some more skills and be able to just understand the, um, the technique, the, the terms, the the knowledge. So it just help my job as well, you know, yep. and just, you know, just like for you, you know, when you call a show, you have to know those moves. There's a lot of times, even when we call the fine uh, lingerie fighting championship, a lot of times moves happen and, and I'm, I got to work on the terminology um,
0: I don't think you get yeah. the names of some of those moves from <laughs> jujitsu. You know what I'm saying? Some <laughs> no. of those names come from <laughs> some Straight other types of programming. <laughs> kind of like
1: uh, what was that? The the booty drop or the booty uh, bomb? Uh, but yeah, just part of that. I think uh, so. If there is one thing I want to do next year, I definitely going to keep the the health kick going and, and trying to be better on that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, to maybe get back into extreme, taking an actual class, or maybe even over to uh, American Top Team. Um, just try to just get some jujitsu work, Mm. just straight jujitsu stuff. Um, but yeah, no, no, no major resolutions. I mean, I already don't drink all that much. Um, I don't gamble that much anymore. Um, I'm pretty freaking boring now (laughs) Now, because all I want to do, you know, is just kind of work out and just kind of. Get better so
0: that's awesome man well you have done yeah, a great pretty job pretty boring but <laughs> you still done a great job with it and it served as an inspiration I'm I'm trying to do a little bit of the same and I do realize that as a, yep. I am you know, it was fun this year to really get a chance to pursue more broadcasting opportunities, be able to do that freely, because I really do enjoy doing it. Next year, going to try to step it up even a little bit more and do some more. But I do realize that, you know... never going to see
1: you at events. No, never, never. going to see you at events anymore.
0: <laughs> no, no, I'll be watching at home on pay-per-view or I'll be at my <laughs> job. <laughs> see? See? No, no, no. I still want to cover as many events as possible, but I do enjoy the broadcasting quite a bit, and I want to do as much of it as possible. But I will say, I do know that... Uh, getting myself a little bit more television appropriate would be beneficial, yes. perhaps, to uh, getting a few more opportunities along the way. So I'm trying to uh, dial it back a little bit as well and yeah, take care yeah. of myself a little bit more. So
1: you have to start buying some pants.
0: <laughs> well let's not go too far all right hold on now <laughs> we're still i mean
1: that's where i draw the line yeah that's where the contract writers like you cannot force me to wear pants
0: you gotta have respect for yourself you know what i mean like you just you know you can't sell out completely man you can't sell out completely i
1: when so. i saw the 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 pictures when you guys were up in uh, where were you guys Atlantic City or whatever? And yeah. yeah. Look, this cold is all get out. The family was bundled up. There's J Mo in his shorts. Yep. So I was like, this motherfucker is crazy.
0: <laughs> it's so true, dude. It was like 22 degrees outside. And I still had my shorts on, man. Oh, so that funny. Is hilarious. But I was comfortable. I was comfortable. I right, listen. Yeah. Uh, 2023 we'll still keep the MMA Road show coming to you so we'll have plenty more stories coming up whether on the road or in Las Vegas or on the road <laughs> in different places or who knows what uh, Christmas was last week I did want to ask you uh, how, how your Christmas went I, I, I will share a little bit I had kept my uh, plans under wrap just because sometimes my son does listen to the show and I didn't want to ruin everything but we had a we had a big night on Christmas Eve we went and I finally saw Shin Lim uh, the magician that I have always wanted to uh, to see. Been a big fan of his work from uh, America's Got Talent, just some stuff that he's ever done. I've never seen his show. I've always been, like, a kind of a, a magic fan, especially with like, close-up stuff. The stuff that he does with, like, manipulating cards and, you know, up-close versus the big, like, making the Statue of Liberty disappear or whatever. Like, I like that up-close stuff. And then we went to uh, – and let me just say, if anybody's thinking about seeing that show when you're in Vegas, it is definitely worth it, man. I really, really enjoyed it. So I would highly, highly recommend Shin Lim. And then we went and uh, had dinner as a family at Hugo's Cellar, which is a old-school steakhouse at the Four Queens down in downtown area. Which, I mean, look, man, the New Age steakhouses are awesome. There's so many great restaurants in Las Vegas. I mean, you're never at a loss for someplace good to eat. But if you're looking for some old-school vibe, I will recommend Hugo's Cellar, man. You actually, like, go down. Your, your phone doesn't even get very good cell reception in there because you are literally in the cellar of this building. But, you know, they uh, – the, the, the 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 servers give a rose to the ladies as they walk in. They've got like tableside salad presentation, tableside bananas Foster for dessert, some phenomenal oh, yeah. steaks, man. You know, it's, everybody's wearing. You know, they're all got the tuxedos on as the service staff, and it's you know old leather and dark and stuff in there. It's a nice, nice old school kind of hidden gem steakhouse. So that was our big Christmas Eve plans. Came home, yeah. opened some gifts. Sounds and cheap. Oh, Sounds cheap, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got a resolution for 2023. It is uh, try to make back the money that I spent in the fourth quarter of 2022. I d- I, t- I told my wife after that we we came on. I didn't. I, I just, I, we enjoyed that night, and then I said, Hey, just FYI, I know this has been a, a fun couple of weeks. You know, the New York trip, the Atlantic City trip, this you know, the amazing dinner in Shindlin. I'm like. We gotta stop for a little while. <laughs> we gotta stop for a little while. Your boy's gonna be out here driving Ubers or something, trying to make money on the side. So uh, I don't, I don't have any more free hours a day. So yes, it was not a cheap evening, but it was a fun evening, and uh, thus comes an end to the stretch of fourth quarter entertainment that the Morgan family had.
1: Yeah, well, thank goodness. I mean, you you got two, you got a couple days left. You sure you don't want to get one last big steakhouse in there? You know, oh, maybe maybe a B dubs, maybe a B dubs, a B dubs. What's well, funny when you said uh, when you said Shen Lin when we were first chatting about it and you kind of saying about what you're gonna do, I thought you meant Shen Yun, which is that Chinese dance group, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I've never known Morgan to love some like performing art shit like that i was really really impressed i was like dude i've been meaning to go see that and then here here's morgan taking the family
0: valentina shevchenko has made me such a fan of regional dance that i just anytime (laughs) you know i can get a dance troupe from abroad in america i'm like i have to take the family to go Uh, gain some real appreciation that is pretty funny when when you thought when you you were kind of like really like that's what you're doing i'm like why is that so weird i'm going to see a magician you're like oh okay Wait, that's totally different.
1: <laughs> i was like man morgan's just he just constantly leaving you leaving you wondering just it's just a new onion peel of just amazingness <laughs> i was like i didn't i didn't have him pegged for a dance fan but look at that oh. well no man that sounds fantastic man uh you know and those are memories and we've talked about it over and over you get that you know enjoy those memories while you can because you know like you said in a few years down the road you never know how much your kid wants to hang out with the parents, so do it while you can, you know. Those true. are good memories. are true. You got good to catch memories. you got to catch up with some friends on Christmas, right? I did. I went and saw Fiasco, the long-lost Fiasco and his uh his Charlie Bear, his bear cub, but him and his wife and one of the other uh UFC shooters. Um I would love to re- say his name cuz but we have a bad run of getting people kicked <laughs> off of the jobs. <laughs> But you there was another UFC shooter don't there, so I'm not going to share any names. But uh, it was great, man. Uh, we went to um, – actually, the day before, so I'll kind of just bulk it in. We went to Area 15. Um, Still uh, have yet court, to go. Still ticket. have yet to go. Yeah, we went and saw Omega Mart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dude, it is such a trippy, really, really uh, just sort of a mind-blowing um, exhibit that uh, – it's really worth it. I mean, I I think well, I think it would be really fun if you took Eli there, but it's not cheap. I right. don't know if the the rate for kids is cheaper but for an adult, it's roughly like 45 almost 50 bucks to get in there. If you really immerse yourself, it could take a couple hours to go through. There's a different little thing that you could buy this card that you can sort of um further go into the storyline of what this Omega Mart. There's sort of a backstory if you really want to play into it. They said then it would take anywhere between like four or five hours to get through if you're trying to do it i'm like that's like a full day like no thank you sir right um but like it's just really crazy mind trip um art exhibit thing and it was just really really cool um and besides that the rest of area 15 you know we just briefly looked at but it's a bunch of collection of different sort of vendors and food things and just neat little sort of art things it's more of like a Art entertainment complex, um, but it was really really cool. So yeah, it was neat. It was I lived over there for years and never got a chance to go in there, but we were able to go in there um, the day before on Christmas Eve. So it was really really cool. So yeah, I would I would definitely suggested if people are looking for something different that's yeah. not far from the strip it's just off the uh, 15 so it's just down the road from the stratosphere if people are trying to wrap their heads around where it's behind the station. um so sahara and 215 but dude it was really really cool so yeah and then we did that and uh on uh we had some good food at at uh, fiasco's house we had, they did the cornish hens mm. i haven't had cornish hens for quite some time um and it was good Add a little um, flair
0: to it. Add a little flair yeah, to it with the corner shin. Flare. Yeah, dude, yeah. I've, heard, I've heard nothing but good things about Area 15. I need to make it out there, man. I, I need to go for a long time. Well, you know me, man. I really honestly don't like doing anything without my kid. I, I don't, I'm weird like that. Like, I just any experience I have, like I want him to have too. And I knew for a while he was too young to maybe uh, enjoy it or appreciate it. But now I feel like maybe he could. But I know it's, more, it's yeah. not really geared towards kids, but I've been told that kids can enjoy it a little bit because it is so kind of out yeah. there and visual and stuff
1: and they definitely try to you know and it was weird because in a weird way they do try to uh not cater towards the kid but they uh want to include the kid. So even in the Omega Mart um a lot of the stuff that's in the store and even the 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 I don't want to give away too much but like the characters I found them interacting with the kids almost right. in their own little sort of way. Almost like as an actor like when you're you're they're portraying these roles I wonder if they're almost given sort of an aside like hey by the way your character might also do this and might interact this. So there was a lot of interactions with the kids. So they would bring the kids into it, but in a weird little way, like one phrase, and this wasn't, didn't, we didn't do the storyline. So I'm not quite sure um, if this even played in, but, but, uh, Fiasco's son was walking ahead and kind of got off to this area. And one of the actors or store clerks comes over to, I think, uh, It was either Fiasco or his wife and was like, do you know your child is a goblin? (laughs) And we're like, "Uh, what? what?" Like, and I was like, okay, this, maybe that's part of the storyline or something. And then next thing, you know, like I saw like another character came over and was like interacting with little Charlie and like saying something. So while the exhibit itself is a complete total, just mind meld, like if you were tripping on something, you will get lost in here. Right. You will literally lose your 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 mind. But it was cool because they were actually doing some stuff playing towards a kid. So if you're worried about actually taking your kids in if it's kid friendly, I saw a lot of kids that were actually younger than Eli in there as well. So and a lot of the places inside of it, you get down and you're crawling into walls, doors open up and you find different ways to get into it. Like you're in the mega the the Mart. I don't want to ruin it, uh, but there's different things. Everything that you sort of see, you're like, should I go in here? Right. Should I open this? And then you open it up, and you're like, oh, my goodness, this is a doorway into a whole nother huge section. Yeah, I've heard it's that. It's so crazy. It's, it's really, really a lot of fun. I'm going to put it on but the list. Yeah, I'm gonna put I would it definitely, on the yeah, I would definitely think, yeah, it's definitely kid-friendly. So Area 15 itself, there are restaurants, there are bars in there, even in the Mega Mart. We didn't find it, um, but we didn't really look too hard. But there is, like, a hidden bar in there as well. Um, so, obviously, the kids, its not that part's not meant for the kids, but uh, inside the whole Area 15, yeah, there are definitely other more adult-themed stuff, yeah. but overall, the whole entire
0: place is definitely very kid-friendly. Uh, I'm on it's pu- really cool. I'm putting that on a list for 2023, so I got to do that. Yeah. All right, well, listen, enough about the holidays. We are a martial arts podcast at our core. Mixed martial Hi-ya! arts normally, but... We will be doing a little grappling this weekend. I'm flying out to uh, 2300 Arena in Philadelphia for Fury Professional Grappling 6. So if you're around on Friday night and you're looking for something to watch, uh, I believe we go live on Fight Pass at 9 p.m. Eastern for the main card. And let me just – for anybody that hasn't seen this car, let, let me just say – the fury professional grappling events are fun but the end of the year and this is the second year we've done it we've kind of loaded up the card with like just a ton of ufc athletes to make it you know kind of even a, an end of year special kind of thing that's even different so main event rose nami units versus jillian robertson which is awesome when you think about it. i mean rose yeah, nami that's Yunus, the, the 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 champ versus jillian robertson the submission leader i mean that's that's a great matchup so i'm excited for that but then Clay Guida versus Chase Hooper that should be phenomenal Clay Guida Clay Guida's been on like damn near every card we've had man that guy's yeah. <laughs> that guy's uh, fury grappling hall of fame love his energy Joe Pyfer versus Eric Anders which I like that one because Eric Anders last time was against Andre Petroski, and that felt like that was a tough matchup for him, and it played out that way. But Joe Pfeiffer I think will be a little bit more of an even matchup. Meanwhile, Petroski is yeah. back. He's facing Ovince St. Pru, so that should be a fun matchup. See, that's a good one. I, I'm telling you, man, if OSP hits the Von Pru choke on Andre Petroski, I'm going to lose my mind on the air, man. I'm going <laughs> to lose my mind. Then I love I, I love this one, man. I'm not going to lie. This might be my favorite. Alex Caceres, Bruce Leroy against Pat Sabatini, man. I think that's going to be – a phenomenal matchup in itself obviously we we talked recently about how much we've just enjoyed watching the career of bruce leroy and him kind of grow up in front of our yeah. eyes meanwhile pat sabatini you know one of the most decorated champions in cfsc history who's been on quite the role in the ufc uh so i'm looking for that trevin giles versus mike Milad is on there nick galante who's a cfsc amateur fight against phil rowe uh, and pat Barry. pat Barry. I,
1: I was gonna say was that a package deal Did uh, did they work that in a package deal on that one to get to Rose on there? The they were like, uh, by the way, you got to get Pat a gig.
0: (laughs) Look, I don't know how this all came together because some of the stuff. I'm sure I'll hear the story out there, but we do have a group chat, and suddenly it came up in the group chat that hey, I think we're gonna have Pat as well, and I was like. Is this a joke? Like, really? Like, Pat? I don't mean that as any disrespect, but he's been retired for eight years. You know what I mean? Yeah, he
1: hasn't he hasn't done anything in in quite some time.
0: And then the next thing I know, we're seeing social media that there's the things come out there that Pat Barry is going to be on there, and I'm like, this is amazing. So Pat Barry is going to be, uh, as it stands now, the bout orders might still be shifted around a little bit. As it stands right now, Pat's going to kick off the main card, and then. Of course, Rose is in the main event. But, I mean, just seeing Pat Berry back, just having him around is fun. But then to have him actually competing as well, uh, I'm excited for that, man. I mean, obviously, Pat is an absolute character. And, you know, how much he's been training and, and getting ready for it, I don't know. But uh, I'm excited to see him on the mats.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, he's his energy, I mean, like – I don't know if people remember what he was like during his fight weeks, but he was always just like a, a hilarious, fun character. He was always fun to be around. Um, you know, I don't think anybody could ever forget the Pat Berry versus Chek Congo fight. Oh. I mean, which was just like the craziest ending to a fight ever. That's history. Um, but he, That's history right yeah, there. I mean, God, he was just just smoking him. And then the, it was like... It's like, wow, they're not gonna stop the fight, and they're not gonna stop the fight. And the next thing you know, Czech just literally takes his soul out of his body, and it was just like, What did I just see? And it was like the craziest thing. Now I'm gonna have to go back and watch it because it was just such a bizarre fight. Um but just seeing Pat in her corner all these years, you know, I always just wondered. I was like, Why don't we see him competing again? I just felt like his sort of exit was sort of quick, you know, that right. we didn't see him competing somewhere. Um so it's cool to see him, you know getting back in there and what's great about this is i mean it's it's grappling yep you know i think if if he would make his return and it would have been a full-on mma match i think a lot of people would be like okay well what has he been doing in this time you know like you know did did uh, did he get really checked out you know why is the commission cool with this or whatever um but doing this i mean this is great i mean like Phenomenal. i think it's i think it's just fantastic and i mean I think it'll be a lot of fun for you guys and I'm looking forward. Hopefully, I don't know if you guys do uh, video packages on guys like that for for somebody that far down. I I don't know if you guys even really do video packages, but um he's he's such a character, man. Um I just think people forget how they see him as like Rose's side man now but forget how funny and how big of a character he is in his own right so uh, to see him back competing is just it's wonderful he's he's a good dude man i, I can't say anything about him
0: well first for, first point i want to say because you make a great point um and, and this is true not just for pat berry but for a lot of the veterans of the sport one of the things we really love about professional grappling at fury is the fact that you know we can look to some of these athletes that maybe you know a you know for instance, all the uproar lately about Bigfoot Silva, right? Everybody thought he was yeah. taking a fight, and they're like, oh, my God, please don't. And then they find out it's a grappling match, and was like, okay, that's much cool. better. And and, and yeah. I love it, and, and I think we feel the same, you know what I mean? There's certain guys that you're like, dude, I don't want to see that guy get hit in the head anymore, but – I, I wouldn't mind seeing him grappling because it's still an opportunity to make money, and, and it's decent money. I yeah. mean, it's not it's not the type of money you can make in an MMA fight, obviously, but it's still decent money, and it's a chance to feed those competitive juices a little bit. You know what I mean? So I love it. I love the role that professional grappling, and I love the fact that it is gaining in popularity because I think it's going to provide an opportunity for more people like that to feel exactly that. So that's your first one. And to your second point, I will say we had our production meeting yesterday yesterday. And normally, you know, one of the things we try to do, especially with the grappling because there's so many bouts, but we try to do even with, with the CFFC MMA cards is we try to keep, keep the action moving. We, we get it. Yeah. you know, We're fight fans. Very fast. Yeah, we're fight fans just like everybody else, and we get the pacing things, and we don't have commercials, and we don't have to fill certain time zones. So it's like let's not fill more time than we need to. I mean, let's have a nice presentation. Let's tell the story, but let's keep this thing moving. So we always try to keep things moving. But I did say in a production meeting, I was like, listen, I know we wouldn't normally interview the first match on the card. I'm like, but if Pat Barry wins, and maybe even if Pat Barry loses, we got to get a microphone in front of this man. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? That dude's energy is too much, and, and I, I, so I, I made sure and say, listen, make sure that if Pat Barry wants a microphone, he gets a microphone because you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. But his energy is infectious, and
1: and it's so far. Well, I mean, looking at the cards too, being the first one of the of that main card, if that order stays how it is. It gives him plenty of time to go out there, do his thing, um, give a great speech. Should he win, and then he can come back, get settled in. Rose can calm down from watching him perform. If right. she even, she might not even get nerves because it's a grappling match. If it, it's an MMA match, it'd be and it would. I would it, expect her to get. It's a
0: hundred and eighty degrees difference, dude. Like you could not yeah. be more opposite. Like the attitude. Like they all want to win. They're all competitive, but yeah. just the, the nerves that you normally see on a fight week, not there for anybody. It's amazing, and I, and yeah. I love that too because it's fun.
1: And even after the after the matches, like I mean, like nobody's beat up, nobody's you know concussed. I mean, you got the the competitors are hugging afterwards. There's always good sportsmanship. Um, yeah, it's just fun to see. I mean, like because it's it, you could tell everybody that's doing it, they want to compete with her. They're out there first and foremost, having fun, right. you know, and that comes across. Um, so yeah, I mean, this card's fun, man. Uh, I mean, and plus, I mean, who isn't a homer for Rose? Who isn't a homer for Jillian Robertson? I mean, I just. <laughs> Jillian Robertson I, I I love everything about her She's a stoner She's got red hair She's cute <laughs> All day every day I want the Jillian Robertson channel On my TV 24-7 <laughs> Let's do this
0: <laughs> I can't wait. So make sure you tune in for that, man. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. And then of course, uh, there's still MMA to happen as well with the Bellator versus Rising card. Uh, yeah. I think everybody's getting excited about that. It's nice to see everybody getting excited about it because, man, uh, you know, it is cool, man. This we've talked about it a little bit already, but this co-promotion of two organizations, putting their reputations on the line, putting their best fighters forward. You know, not just handing you know a couple guys way down the roster, but really. Putting it out there, it's fun to watch. Now, I will say, as we've gotten a little bit closer, and everybody's figured out uh, or tried to figure out the broadcasting elements of it, it is a little bit challenging, right? Like if you're if you're only gonna watch it through legal, completely fine ways here in the <laughs> United States, uh, you have to you wait mean without
1: like a VPN or
0: whatever. Yeah. It, listen. I, listen. Okay. Well, let me see what I'm gonna say first, and I, I want to say something about the VPN thing. Um, so you gotta wait for tape delay on Showtime, which, to be honest, kind of sucks a little bit. Um, but there are sp- not
1: kinda. It sucks. Okay, yeah, you're right. It, <laughs> it sucks. full on sucks. It full, it full on, on sucks. sucks.
0: It does full on suck that you gotta wait for tape delay to to watch it. I mean, I know not everybody would stay up super late in the night to watch it anyway, but it would be nice, yeah. to, like even if you slept in, to be able to like turn it on immediately as soon as you wake up, not have to wait to the evening time, not have as you joked last week, try to avoid spoilers in 2022, which is yeah. just impossible. Good luck. Yeah, Good I mean, luck. everybody's on their phone, so that part of it kind of sucks. But one thing I want to say is that. This is, and and we've touched on before too, but if you've never heard it, I'm a huge fan of organizations working together, right? Now, I do not ever expect the UFC to co-promote with anybody. It doesn't do them any good. But I'm a huge fan of organizations working together. But these headaches are the kind of things you have to understand that comes along with co-promotion. It kind of sucks a little bit, but these are the hurdles. These are the headaches. These are the problems that happen because, again, oh, awesome, great event. That's amazing that we're putting it all together. Okay, well, who owns television rights? Oh well. uh, All right. Who gets to sell commercial inventory? Uh, Who gets to sell the mats on you know the space on the mats? You know all these things matter, and so that's what this is all boiling down to is like the television rights that Ryzen had. Trump. Now again, Showtime kind of tape delayed stuff anyway, so maybe they wouldn't care. I don't understand why they wouldn't want to carry it live. I'm assuming it's television, but I I guess I just want to. I think it's cool to see everybody get excited about this event. I know that some people are kind of frustrated about the production uh, and how it's being broadcast, but what I would say is. I guess go easy on the companies a little bit. At least they're trying to do this and just understand these are the logistical nightmares that come out of trying to work together with two organizations on opposite sides of the world that has opposite TV deals that have district, you know, it's just, it's just the reality of the situation.
1: Yeah. And, and, and if people don't understand tape delays, it's because somebody has to take the VHS tape that they're taping the show, and then they have to run it next door to the guy that's got yes. a digital converter to actually convert it into the digital of this age. And then that person uploads it to the web when you can see it. That That's, that's the tape delay. Another another prod sad sad thing of you know this co promotion. One guy's got the VHS tape player, <laughs> the VCR. The other guy's got the computer with the Atari in the background and and the Commodore sixty four that can then take this and convert it, and then we'll be able to enjoy it later did, on. But
0: nope, nobody has a VCR. <laughs> did you see? Did you see Frankie Edgar tweet the other day? I.
1: Was rolling, but who? I guarantee I was not the only person that took that image and opened it up bigger. So I was like, "What? What titles do we have here? What titles do we have?" Guilty. (laughs) I was like, "I don't recognize that." Uh. When I don't recognize that, that one sounds fun. Don't recognize that one. That one sounds fun.
0: That's so great. Oh, dude, Uh. I was,
1: I was rolling. I was like, okay. Okay, Frankie, you just finally got busted. For any- he just didn't want to tell anybody. He's like, oh, I, I found these in the ceiling, baby. I yeah. found these in the ceiling, I promise.
0: For anybody that didn't see it, he <laughs> tweeted it like, uh, they were doing some work around my house and found these. Does anybody have a VCR? Which, of course, nobody has a VCR anymore, but it was old porn on VHS tapes, which was just hilarious. So shout out to Frankie Edgar for always having a sense of humor, man. That was great. All right, so excited for the card. I car. say
1: I do have a VCR still. You still have a VCR?
0: <laughs> no way. Oh, I think I think
1: because I had VCR tapes uh, that are VHS tapes that I moved out here with and then I wanted to convert. So I actually found this little thing to convert them. And then it was like the old VHS. Yeah. But yeah, I still got an old VCR. Oh, my God. I didn't think anybody (laughs) had
0: one anymore. That's hilarious. Well, I know. Hit up Frankie. Maybe you'll come give (laughs) me a visit.
1: (laughs) Frankie, next time you're in Vegas, look me up, dog. Look me up.
0: (laughs) <laughs> all right, listen, well, I want to talk about the fights in a second, but I did want to say one thing about the VPN thing because, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I have indeed used a VPN to watch programming that was not available in the United States and was available somewhere yeah. else. I'll just go ahead and say I'm guilty right there. Um, and There's and nothing
1: it, wrong with that. That's all legal stuff. Are I mean, you sure? You just-
0: See, okay, so that's what I was going to say about because I'll be honest with you. Now, you're telling me it's legal, and I will trust you on your knowledge more so than me. What I wonder is because I hear and and uh, I you know I listen to a lot of MMA podcasts out there. I love listening and there's several of them that have contracts with VPN companies and good for them. I'm happy that they have uh, you know the, the advertising right, but you know they talk about the network security and all that stuff that a VPN does provide. But then they go on to yeah. say you know and if you want to watch programming and some some mention MMA programs, some talk about watching like Netflix and shows that aren't available in your market. And I was just I, I always get a little antsy because i'm like are they incriminating themselves a little bit like are they potentially risking getting themselves in trouble by saying that because i would assume that's illegal to watch something that's not available in your market
1: no because i mean there's nothing illegal and this well this is the way i i i I put it out in my head because you're not it's not like you're logging into something that says you must physically be in this location that you are saying you are to access this you know it's one thing if you're you know Saying if you're doing something that has a a legally binding thing where, say, if you're taking part in business and you can't be acting like you're doing business in one like um, say like a lotto ticket, you have to be physically in a state to buy that lottery ticket. You know, you can't buy it online from another place. If you're trying to act like you were in a different place and buying something illegally, then you are doing something. But it's the act of you're trying to buy something by saying you're agreeing that you're in a particular thing. And you're you're not actually there. You're green and you're doing it. This particular thing, there's just a show that's being broadcast, and it's just we just happen to be in the market that it's not being broadcast in. All you're doing is telling your computer, "Show me this footage." There's nothing illegal to watch. Like it's not like rising, like, oh, how dare you watch my my, you know, how dare you live in the United States when we're broadcasting this? You're not supposed to. Whatever. That's just the way that the broadcast. We're just all these people are doing in my eyes is just skirting around the legalities you're the, but it's, but by doing and stepping and saying like, okay, my browser, you there's nothing in place that you're actually falsely doing. Like you, you're not agreeing to say like, uh, I'm, I'm not doing a really good job of describing this, but it's like, there's nothing legally binding that says you can't make your computer say that it's not in somewhere else because it all depends on what you're actually doing. All you're doing is watching a show. You're not trying to, do business or do something where there's a legal reason why you need to be in that particular area like Are buying a sure lot of i can't like say that is,
0: like that just oh yeah, yeah I mean, you're, lotto you're a lot of tickets is great you're example. watching a show
1: i mean like a lot of okay, tickets you what have if, to be that because to be a winner you have to have to purchased that in the state so if i was in nevada and somebody says you purchased this while you were actually in nevada you did something wrong then I could see, well, okay, by doing by doing some nefarious means I did something wrong. But just actually watching something that's being broadcast out to the rest of the world, all you're doing, it's not like they're saying, no, you can't watch it. We just want you to wait eight hours. That's not breaking – what are you doing But by by changing and just watching it early? What is that actually doing legally? What are you doing that's right. actual illegal?
0: Well, let me ask you this then. If there was a – say a promotion that sold pay-per-views in the united states at one price but sold it in another market at another price would you believe it legal to log your computer into a vpn in another market and pay a lower price than is specified because you're because this would you find that legal or illegal
1: illegal because then you're doing like the lotto ticket thing if you're just logging in to watch it, you're not actually transacting any money. You're not. You're not agreeing. You're not falsely doing something okay. in a business sense. So I would see that as being. I'm not. I'm not paying a lesser amount because I'm not acting like I'm somewhere else. All I'm trying to do is just watch something.
0: I so see what if you're the saying. Price is- I could. I, see could that's I would how like. I, that's I would, I would like I a legal. Expert. If anybody's a legal expert that's listening to us, I would love to hear the legalities of that because I just always yeah. get a little nervous. And I see what you're saying. If there's money involved, if it's if you're doing it to skirt around, uh, to skirt around a pay-per-view price, versus you're doing it to to watch earlier or to watch something that's maybe not available in a market period, then that's not illegal because you're just trying to gain access and there's no money that doesn't change hands because of that then maybe I could see that, but I, I don't know. It's, right. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, cause us, cause... Especially
1: if they're not. Yeah. Cause if they're not if they're not losing any money by me watching the show, doing it, that means what do they have to lose? What, what would there be anything that, that they would have to do? But, but yeah, I mean, how you said, if I'm actually skirting around and doing something different to pay a lesser amount, I'm cheating the system. Right. That's all you're doing is just, you're just tapping into a show that's already being broadcast that, you already have the you have the ability to watch it. You're just all you're doing is just jumping in time, in a sense.
0: Okay, I'm not 100 percent convinced you're right, but I like I like yeah. your justification.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> mean, that's how I would justify it to the judge when <laughs> I get when I get brought forth. I'd be like, "Yo, I didn't buy a lotto ticket, dog. I didn't," <laughs> and he'd be like, "Oh, I get it. I get it with the lotto thing." Um, and you get, I mean, and you know, maybe that's uh, and and even now, you know, I, I think that's one of those things that you know. I'm sure the law schools and if there is something, that's all stuff that's probably getting figured out now. And a lot of it's just once a precedent sort of gets started, um, then that precedent is what eventually will kind of lead the way. But international law and different business and how you do it is one particular thing. But the whole technology of what VPNs allow you to do has definitely changed the game. So I'm sure, you know, what is a, you know... What is against the law or whatever has definitely changed since it. But I think if there's no money transacted, what really are is their ground to be standing upon? You know, like what can they – what loss can they claim or what loss can anybody really say except for the fact of like, oh, hey, yeah, cool. You're, you're using technology to watch a show eight hours earlier or whatever. You interesting. know, like But, you know. Definitely do not take our, uh, words as <laughs> Disco- any sort of legal advice <laughs> or any precedent as you can see. And here in the past, we've done many things that certain companies do not like <laughs> and do not, do not take our word for it. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's how I kind of see it in my mind. So like I at the end of the day, I don't feel bad about VPNing and watching a show, you know, that's just going to be tape delayed, um. If there's nothing, if I'm not skirting around anything, I'm not trying to cheat them out of their money or whatever. If the, if the pay per view is like, hey, you got to watch this later on or something, you know, then you just wait till later on or whatever. But um, well, it's how, just a matter how, of
0: that. however you watch it, legally or yeah, <laughs> questionably. Uh, I am excited about these fights, and and I'm curious. I do see paths in which Bellator goes five and zero. To be honest with you, I see paths in which they win all five fights. But I will say. I think the most competitive matchup's on there. I think AJ McKee's in for a competitive matchup. I think he's. I, I think he can absolutely win the fight, but I think he's in for a competitive matchup. And I think Juan Archuleta is in for a competitive matchup as well. I like – I think Patricio's Patricio, and I, I just think he gets it done. Horiguchi, uh, this is a rematch. He already won the first time. Uh, Rabatinov, he, like, looks like the real deal. He, he's the, the new killer. Um – but I think McKee and Archuleta are in for some competitive matchups. Again, I'm not saying that Bellator can't go 5-0. and They might. Um, but I'm just kind of curious from your perspective. Like, I mean, what's what's success for each company? Like, if Bellator, if, if Bellator edges it out 3-2, are they happy with that? Or do they feel like they got – I don't want to yeah. say exposed. Or do they feel like they got – they took some hits. Do they need to go 5-0? and And conversely, for Ryzen, what's success? Is it if they just get, like – one win they can be satisfied that hey we didn't get shut out here in our backyard like what, what do you think is success for each company
1: yeah i mean i could definitely see where some you might be like well you know as, as long as we take three out of two you know we're the winner i think both companies if their fighters are competitive ultimately i mean if it's a close fight and it goes down to the wire and the decision goes one way and if say you know bellator or horizon only got one I wouldn't feel bad for them if it's competitive. You know, I think as long as both sides of the fight are making it fun to watch, I don't think people are really going to care at the end. I think that's probably more for, you know, PR, more for the media just to have something to write after the fact. Because honestly, if it's a good fight, nobody's really going to care at the end of the day, you know, who wins or loses. But um, if Bellator, I would say just if I did have to pick away, if they, I think if either side, just has the majority of wins go takes three out of the two. They can claim themselves the winner, but honestly, if one went one in four, but the fights were great. Um, I think it's, it's good for both sides. I mean, just for the fact of the, the, like we said before, just reaching into different markets, um, having their fighters, um, you know, just get, you know, introduced to newer markets. And you're saying about the, the Patricio man, that fight, his opponent is big in the face-offs between the two of them he's it's a big true. boy he Patricio is. is five six his opponent's like five ten five yeah. eleven i think yep yeah. um it might i mean and he's i mean he's a grappler he's, straight he's a grappler, grappler. It looks like i mean it's definitely like striker versus grappling it's, it's funny because if people just look at you know pitbull's record they're like well he's got rear naked chokes he's got whatever i'm like that's because he knocks them on their ass and then he he takes their back uh but yeah, it definitely feels to me like more of like a striker versus grappler. Just a matter, does the guy have a chin? I don't, I'm not very familiar with his his overall breadth of work. And that's why I'm kind of looking forward to this. So for me, I'm looking forward to see these other cats that I don't normally get to watch because they broadcast their shows at crazy hours and you never really get to see. So I'm looking forward to see that. But um, as long as both sides have good fights, I think at the end of the night, I'm not really going to be counting who's winning. Um, I let the people that need a story to write about <laughs> do that sort of stuff. I just want to see good fights between the two of them. Um, but at the end of the night, it doesn't matter to me which side takes the majority. Um, just as long as they as they're fun to watch.
0: No, I, I completely agree with you. And as you said, I mean, it, it, Ryzen is in that position that one championship was in forever, where it's like they've got good fighters. Like these fighters that they're putting out there are really good, but yeah. most people haven't seen them because they fight at weird times of the night and, and they haven't had the exposure and. Again, I mean, it's going to be taped, delayed to the United States, and I hope people still watch it, even if they already know the results uh, and they didn't watch it live. But I think this will be a good opportunity for exposure, and I agree with you. I think at the end of the day, gosh, and if this is what we really want to say, you know, what we really want to see in the sport, I would also say chastising either organizations, even if it goes 5-0 either way, that's definitely not that's not helping anything. That's
1: it. That's it. (laughs) That's it. I mean, as long as it's good. I mean, because if we want to see more of this. That's the one story that you don't... I mean, you want to talk about the fights. You want to be competitive, but, you know, don't get the cheap view by saying Bellator smashes Rising by getting three out of two or four out of whatever, or just sweeps the night. I mean, I'm, there's always going to be some sort of headline, and that's great, and people are going to write that thing, but ultimately, I mean, uh, the bigger picture should be about the fact that a cross-promotion had a successful event, um, you know, with all the hurdles, you know, that it took to get to this to happen, so... Um, Yeah, I definitely won't be one of the ones that's sort of, you know, ha ha, they won, you lost, you know, I just want to see good fights. And I I think, I think the majority of the people that are are smart enough to watch this, and it's the last bit of fighting that we're going to see, you know, before the end of the year, you know, so it's going to be, it's going to be cool.
0: I love it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm still trying to figure out exactly how I'm going to be able to consume it, because I will be having on the call. On uh, Fury Professional Grappling yeah, and then isn't traveling. That so and...
1: Tough. Oh my life! I'm just <laughs> doing so much. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I did not mean that to be a humble brag. I was just saying. I, I, I didn't say. Know. Oh, okay. You didn't mean it. Oh, okay, uh, okay, I,
1: I, okay. I didn't okay.
0: mean it to be that I mean, that
1: sorry way. guys. I'm gonna be with my man. You know, my main man Phil. You know, we're gonna be calling some shows and stuff. <laughs> and, you know.
0: I love it. I call- might have
1: my butler off to the side, holding my laptop next to me. Next to
0: <laughs> could you could you hold this so that I could view it, please? Like I don't even want to set it on my table right here. So if you could please just hold this off to the side. Uh, all right, we'll we'll see how I can take it in. All right, listen. Speaking of Bellator, I, I did just before we sat down uh, to start talking get to have a chance to speak to their newest uh, athlete, Sarah McMahon, the former USC title challenger and Olympic silver medalist. Of course, announced earlier this week that she has signed an exclusive agreement with Bellator, and I had a chance to speak with her. And I thought, hey. I thought it was a fun conversation. So let me share this with the roadshow listeners. And here is my time with uh Sarah McMahon. So it is Sarah McMahon who is uh starting a new chapter in your athletic career. I mean, not something you haven't done before, of course, taking a pivot, but uh how does it feel now? This kind of fresh start that you're getting.
2: So it doesn't feel like a big change only because I'm gonna be fist fighting the top women on the in the world. So it's like it feels like not as different as going from wrestling to mma that's like a that's like a big shift this is uh not cutting weight and killing my body and still fighting extremely tough women in a cage so it's a, it feels like it's like less of a sh- less of a shift uh in, in a good way
0: so It's like a great way to yeah great way to put it like you said signing with bellator uh, exclusive agreement just recently announced i mean I guess I don't know, you said it just there. It's not really so different, but it is starting in a new place, getting to know new faces, talk you know new processes. I guess was the thought of doing that intimidating at all or concerning or how did it make you feel?
2: I think that if I had done this like five years ago, I think I might have been a little more intimidated. Um, but I really think that promotions outside of the UFC like have really stepped it up. Um, Bellator probably always had like a certain degree of professionalism that was on par with the UFC, but some of the small, I fought for some smaller promotions and you could, you could see like a clear difference between the, the quality of the care or the production or things like that. Um, so I'm happy now that like almost all of the promotions are doing really, really well. A lot of them are getting great funding, great publicity. And so... It, I think it's going to feel like a lot less of a shift than it would have previously.
0: Yeah. I, I know obviously we want to focus on moving forward and not the past, but I do have to ask, like how did the UFC run come to an end? Right. I mean, your opponent misses weight. And next thing you know, you're not fighting for the USC anymore. Um, I mean, was that your decision? Was it mutual? I just, how did that all play out?
2: So I think it was mutual. Um, and both of us are, we seem to be pretty happy and pretty content with it. Uh, for me, my, my manager asked me um, before my fight with Carol Hossa, she's like, okay, you have this fight and then you have one more. And she said, do you want to test free agency? Um, and I think the contract before this, I would have been, I would have said, no, I want to stay in the UFC. I, I want to fight for the title. I want, you know, um, because there wasn't really other options. You know, it was undoubtedly the best place to be. Um, but you fast forward through this fight contract and I just, I had seen a lot of people that have left and doing really well and saying, I'm getting great sponsorship and I'm getting paid more and I'm getting, you know, like, and they seem genuinely happy. And I talked to people, um, about how promotions were treating them and their experiences. And it seemed really, really positive. And I was, so I was like, I don't think all these people are lying. I think that that other places are now really great places to fight too. And so I just look at it uh, a little bit different. Like you see football players, they, they change teams, you know, it's just completely common. If they get a better contract somewhere else, they don't just stay with a, you know, the company they, they get. And so like that kind of happened to me that, you know, I got, I fought to free agency. I got an amazing offer with a promotion that I've, Always liked and respected, and I'm like, I think it's the right choice. And the UFC was like, it's the right choice for you, for sure. So, it's not any like, yeah, it's not anything bad. I the only thing that I I would have any resentment for was how my last fight played out. But even if that were in the middle of my contract, I I just don't like that. I don't like fights falling through. But it's happened since I was an amateur.
0: Well, and that's the last thing I want to ask you on the, on the old situation was that that whole situation about a weight miss. I mean, essentially, as I understand it, it was your decision not to take the fight, right? And I, I just, I guess I wanted to ask you how difficult it was to make that decision. And also, if you believe it's one that people should make more often, because it is kind of strange to me sometimes. It's like, you don't have to take the fight, but I feel like most fighters feel like, yeah, you kind of have to take the fight. So, I don't know. I kind of applauded you for taking a stand there.
2: So, for me... Part of it was principle, um, because if she had never missed weight, and this was just maybe some fluke thing, like it just, you know, happened out of nowhere, I might have been a little more okay with it. But the fact that she was a repeat offender, the fact that, you know, like that so many people were not taking weight cutting seriously to the detriment of the person who did the right thing, like I just... I had seen it too much and it was really upsetting me. And that's people missing by like five pounds. I'm like five pounds. Like, did you just start drinking? Like when the other person's cutting weight, so upset with it and fed up with it. And I was like, unless fighters actually start taking a stand, the promotion and the, you know, they're not going to do anything to these fighters because they're still getting a fight. What do commissions have to worry? They don't have to worry. And they think that giving you a percentage of your purse is worth that to a lot of fighters. It isn't a Lot of fighters, they would much rather you have to make weight and making weight, like while I did it, it's not easy, you know. So I'm like, I I'm going through a hard weight cut, I'm doing the right thing, I'm I'm doing what I agree to, and you're just skipping out on that. Like, nope, and it was a tough choice. The reason why it's hard is because of two things, which I think are hard for all fighters. One, um, mm-hmm. fighters fight, you know, like there's a very strong instinct in me and every other fighter to be like. Oh, this this was class. Yeah, I'll take it. Oh, you want me to fight this person? Yeah. And honestly, that's why we have managers and coaches, because they have to protect us from being idiots and saying, we have a natural fighting instinct, you know, Um, like, the other reason is that um, getting offered more money, you know, like, it's, it's enticing. But man, I just feel like it's wrong. I'm glad that in wrestling and IBJJF they just don't even allow people to make that choice. You miss weight, you're gone. We don't care. You miss it by point one. That's it. You didn't make it. You know. So like, I wish that more people would take a stand.
0: Yeah, I think that's so well said for for all the reasons you said, and and I don't do that to pick on Aspen by any stretch. You know, I mean, she's a great athlete as well, but. I think you taking a stand was, uh, admirable to be honest with you. So let's talk about the free agent process, right? You said, Hey, I want to test free agency. Was it Bellator and done? Did you hear from other people? Like what made you say Bellator? That's the spot.
2: I stayed out of the process because I, I trust my manager. I trust her. And I know that she, we talked about it and she said, I'm just going to find out from everybody what's going on, where they're at their interest level. Um, And she, the biggest, the biggest hurdle for me was whether I wanted to fight 145. That's just, it's just a different weight class. And so that was like my biggest hurdle to overcome because the UFC at 135, they have like the more premier uh, weight class at 145. I just don't believe that's the case. And so then I was like, if I have to, if I'm going to go up to 145, I just believe that in my heart, Bellator was number one. But I am not going to lie, if Bellator did not offer me a great deal, I would have been like, I can be enticed with more money somewhere else. (laughs) But as far as like the part of me that that really a world championship means something to Bellator was where I my heart was. And I also, I heard really, really good things from how they treat fighters. um, And that's really important to me too. like it's, it's about the journey and your experience. And if you have a promotion that it's not, you know, it makes it kind of unpleasant or you feel not cared for, like, man, we're still humans, you know, like we don't want to be treated like, you know, just some cog in a wheel or, you know, expendable thing We, you know, we want to be appreciated for what we are sacrificing bringing to the table. So I just heard a lot of really good things about Bellator. So it just made me kind of lean that way.
0: Very nice. And you mentioned 45, of course, how different is, is, is 45 life-changing for you, or is it just fight week changing for you? I mean, how different will 45 be?
2: So I think in my mind, I built it up to be something that it wasn't, because I had just made 135 for so long. But when I was wrestling, which and wrestling is a grueling sport, I wrestled at 63 kilos, which that equals out to in pounds, 138.75. But that is only at world championships and world qualifying events. Every other tournament throughout the year, we have a two kilo allowance. So really the majority of the year in my wrestling career, I fought or I competed at 143. So I, most of my life, I actually wasn't that far off from that weight anyways. And so I think that like, I was thinking, oh, 145, I just heard about the weight cuts that were like, oh, they cut 20 and 30 pounds and all that stuff. And I was like, I finally had to say, you know, maybe they do cut a ton of weight. But they can't gain all that back in one day. I know this. I know this because I've competed against girls that were this weight. And they weren't that big, you know. So, I had to, like, reassure myself that.
0: I like it. You know, when you mentioned Bellator, you mentioned 145. You got to mention Chris Cyborg, right? So, I mean... I know you're just getting to the promotion, but what do you think? I mean, do you welcome that conversation already? Like, yeah, that's what I'm gunning for. Do you say, Hey, let me get my feet wet a little bit. What's your, what's your take on the talks of cyborg already?
2: Uh, That is like truthfully, like because of her, that is one of the reasons why I wanted to choose that with that division Um, because she's been such a dominant fighter. Um, A win over her is really just a, it's a great thing on your resume. So I'm just somebody who I still want to face the challenges, you know, so any promotion that I was going to be signing with, um, my manager made it very clear that I just, I don't just want fights. I want to fight and I want to be the best. So, and they're completely on board and, and Cyborg was super supportive of adding me and stuff like that. So it's going to be great.
0: Very cool. Well, it's an exciting time in your career. I guess last thing I'll ask you, Sarah, uh, When's the debut? Do we know? I mean, are you, are you targeting anything yet? Is it too early to have that discussion? What's what's the plan?
2: Right now, I think that because they're in Japan and they have a big show coming up, um, it's hard to nail it down. And then the other hard part is that they uh, a lot of their shows, they, they have filled. You know, like they, they already have fights set. So um, I'm hoping for March, if, that, if they have an opening, that would be wonderful. Uh, but if not, then it would give me time to just compete against you know heavier people and feel more and more comfortable at this weight
0: so fantastic but i'll keep sharpening. Well, exciting news for you Sarah. i'm sure now you mentioned that show in japan i bet you'll be watching that show with a little bit more interest now that's your new home
2: Exactly,
0: exactly. (laughs) It's a great co-promotion that they're doing on New Year's Eve. Well, Sarah, congratulations on the move. I'll let you get back to your day. I know it's still the holidays, so enjoy that time away. Thank you for taking a few minutes, and we look forward to the debut, hopefully in March. Thank
2: you.
0: (laughs) Alright, thank you very much to serving man for uh the time. I really enjoyed the conversation, man. Her insight uh is is fantastic and I mean I, I will say, uh, you know, when she talked about the fact of uh, when you're at an employer just wanting to be appreciated and respected, uh, that resonated with me. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, leave it right there, but I'll just say, <laughs> at at one previous place that I was employed, at some point in my life, you know, it's been a long line. We don't need to go into the details yeah. of exactly where. I, I forget the food yeah, place I you I mentioned. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, that, I that didn't necessarily day, yeah. feel that, so that kind of resonated with me a little bit. But uh, but also, man, uh, I, I I thought her comments on on, you know, why she didn't want to take the fight with Aspen Ladd. And, again, I, I didn't mean that to serve as an insult to Aspen or any stretch of the magic, but I love what she said. It's just like, look, you know, in wrestling and IBJJF, like, you don't make weight, you don't you don't compete. Like, why does it have to be on me to say, yes, I'll take the fight? And, and, and I'm, I, look, I'm not saying that every time somebody misses weight, the opponent should bail out, but I think it's something that maybe should happen a little bit more frequently because it doesn't seem like they do. So, uh, anyway, I just uh, I enjoyed the conversation with, uh, with Sarah and, And wanted to share that. And I don't know, you know, I've kind of, over the years, and maybe we'll talk about this in 2023, Cold Coffee. Over the years, I've gone from I like sharing my interviews here to I don't like sharing my interviews here because maybe somebody saw it somewhere else. But at the same time, like, not everybody's, especially now that we're in two different places, like, not everybody's consuming everything. So, I don't know, if anybody wants to to give us feedback on that, if you like sharing some of the interviews I do, because I do a lot of them per week, um, you know, let me know. Especially, especially folks over at, Patreon.com slash the MMA Road mm. Show. The fine folks over there that help support the mm. show for as little as three dollars. Best looking people
1: ever. Handsome. Best looking people ever. It- their, their kids are so smart. Their yards are trimmed just perfectly. Their grass is wonderful. I never see any weeds in there. Their trees are beautiful. Their, their hair is fantastic. They always wear the finest clothes. I- their kids are funny and smart, incredibly
0: well endowed. I've heard. I don't want to go into that too far, but I, that's.
1: I've heard literally, you gain a girth, at least an inch in, in in width, and at least three inches in length, depending on how long, and if you buy the yearly membership.
0: <laughs> it really depends uh, on the level you join that, that, that you get <laughs> that benefit. Right. We don't put that in there because we don't want to be crass. You know what I mean? We're not that kind yeah. of, of, of of podcast. But it's we're I just mean, saying we're just
1: hearing that we're just hearing this. You know. Uh, that's this is the the, the reviews that we we've been hearing. People are like, I don't understand. I subscribed, and all of a sudden, my wife is extra happy to see me. Uh, we just that's, it's the way it's it's just the way. Well, it sir, is. that's because again you with those legal disclaimers. <laughs> <laughs> my legal team tells me I'm not allowed to say this sort of stuff because it's. It's, it is what it is but uh, we keep I'm just gonna ignore we keep
0: them. the legal team busy at times. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right listen um, man so yeah weigh in on that and let us know um not not an easy way to transition uh, by any stretch but I did want to mention the passing of Stefan Bonner because man I mean you know and, and it's sad I, I was talking to somebody earlier today that you know brought up you know the, the passings that we've had this year and and the reality struck me as I was talking to, to this gentleman I was doing an interview with it um man, this is going to happen more frequently. You know what I mean? Like as, as the sport gets older and the athletes have been around a while longer, you know, this is going to happen. But Stefan did not qualify as part of that. I mean, he is not part of the generation that we should be preparing for ourselves to see passing. And it just, it struck me, man. And it it was, you know, it was right as we were about to go out for, for Christmas Eve. And so um, it was a little bit of a tough transition to get into an entertainment mode exactly afterwards. And um, you know, I did send out a quick tweet that I just wanted to to, to remember, you know, that you absolutely cannot overstate the importance of Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin to the current state of the UFC and really the entire cast of the Ultimate Fighter one, of course. Uh yeah and right. UFC president Dana White has been, you know, open about this over the years in giving them all the credit in the world for what this happened. But man, it really dawned on me, man, like you know, you know, I remember a time where it was an insult to call somebody a tough noob, right? Like, if they just started watching the, the sport, I mean, that was the insult on the underground, you know, on the message boards. You're a tough noob. It's like you, you like you just started watching with the Ultimate Fighter. And now, like, if you started your fandom with the Ultimate Fighter 1, like, you're a pretty damn long-term hardcore fan. You know what I mean? So, like, that's certainly no insult at all. So, I mean, you you, you think about the number of fans that came into this sport uh, during the pandemic, when it was the only sport happening, yeah. right? And so they've got this, you know, this new, very new understanding. And, and great, we're glad to have you. We're welcome you here. But, I mean, between the Ultimate Fighter 1 and the pandemic, I mean, there's l- l- generations of athletes that have come through and generations of fans that might not understand. And they might think, you know, oh, people, people just say that was a big moment. But no, you're talking about, you know, the Ultimate Fighter 1 that, You know, the UFC had to pay for it, right? I mean, it was on Spike, but Spike wasn't paying them for it. Like, it was airtime that the UFC was paying for, and it was their last ditch effort. You know, to get this sport to gain in popularity because they were losing money and, you know, who knows what they're going to do. And then you have the Ultimate Fighter 1. And the whole cast is phenomenal, man. Like, it's a great season. You had some amazing characters on there and some amazing television that was on there. I know people say, you know, it's played out at this point. But at that point, especially for us long-term fans, that was the first time we were really seeing our sport broadcast to the masses, right? And not only the sport, but you were getting to see behind the the, the scenes, right, where everybody just thought, you know, these are savages and barbarians, and you're getting to see the emotions and and hear their stories and all that. So the whole season was great, right? But then you get down to finale, and those two dudes – absolutely go at it, you know, and I've had people over the years, you know, they're like, you know, the fight really wasn't that great. It wasn't that technical. It's like, shut up. You know what I mean? It was, it was (laughs) the most spirited back and forth fight. And this is the ultimate fighter one, right? The, the six figure USD contract at that point, we didn't realize like a, that Dana even had the right to go. You both get contracts. We didn't know that was an option. We didn't know that it was an option that you could be on the Ultimate Fighter, you could lose in the quarterfinals, and you could still get called up for a short-notice fight three weeks later. We didn't know that was possible, right? This was, oh, my God, one of these dudes is going to get into the UFC, and the other dude is going to go back to obscurity and never make the big time, right? And they put on this epic war, this epic brawl, uh, and, and, and just, I mean, and then the sportsmanship that they showed between the two and the, and the relationship yeah. that they built over the years. And I just first, I, I just, at I first want to say that, man, you can't overstate the importance of that fight. And and you have to understand that if you're newer to the sport or you only saw the tail end of the career or you only saw kind of the unglamorous end to his professional career, um, you don't really know all about Stefan Bonner and you can't forget that moment. And then I'll. And then I'll also just say, hey man, um, you know we don't know all the details and facts yet, but um, you know we all saw Stefan struggling a little bit uh, late, and um, you know I had a professional relationship with him. I didn't have um, you know a personal friendship other than you know crossing paths with him here and there, uh, and we always talked yeah. every time we crossed paths or what have you. Uh, and he was always a, a very you know a fun dude to be around, and always very polite, and 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 like I said, always had a joke to tell, and um, was always very respectful. Um, but man, it's just uh, you know, it, it, it's it's tough to have seen his his final struggles, and I just hope over those last few years, you know, that he did realize that there was reverence for him, and if maybe the uh, the newer generation didn't necessarily show him that love, um, that he had, he had earned the respect of at least the, the OG, so to speak. And so I don't know, man. I just I know that we're gonna have to deal with these passings more and more often. Um, as time goes on, and it, it doesn't get any easier. But I, I just felt it important to state my personal belief in the importance of Stephen Bonner as a worthy UFC Hall of Famer and as somebody that really, if you're a fan of the sport, you really do need to have some thanks for, for what he did on that night because I, I think the two of those guys, you know, they really helped kick off. Now, there was a whole lot that happened afterwards that had to go right, but those two guys, that was a pivotal moment in the sport, and anybody that was around at that time will tell you the exact same thing.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, very, very well said. I mean, you're right. I mean, I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that's watched the sport long enough to not realize what he, uh, what that fight meant. I mean, I think everybody looks back, and that fight will always kind of be a one of the, you know, Taj Mahal, uh, you know, of fights where it's it's like it's like a a, one of the seven wonders of the world. You know, that fight definitely got it for everybody. Um, And and you know, it's funny you mentioned how you didn't realize. I think if we would look back and, and want to find the first instance of Dana kind of being Dana on fight night and doing stuff, that was it. You know, where Dana now, now it's like kind of commonplace where Dana, was like, you know, uh, I didn't agree with the judges, so yeah, yeah, both fighters are getting their money tonight. (laughs) Blah blah blah. blah. You know, it's like it's like if if you ever wanted to find that there was the first instance or one of the instances of what was going to come, uh, that was probably uh, that was it. But we just didn't think about it at the time. You know, like nobody realized what it was eventually going to become. But um, you're right. I mean, Stefan was always um, just fun person to be around during the fighting years when I when I was when I was still there at the UC and even afterwards um when we'd see him out and about I don't know if you remembered um when we did when we called the lingerie fighting show there on Fremont when there was I think it was the night of the earthquake or yes, maybe it was another it was. one of the ones that we did um afterwards we were upstairs and Stefan was in town for like a wrestling yep. event or something and came upstairs was doing shots and hanging at the bar and was just like just like your everyday normal dude, and it was just it was just so fun to see him, and like you know to see him and just realize like what he meant to the sport, and then then to see him just be like, "What's up, guys? Let's you know, like, you want another drink? You know, blah, blah blah." And it was just it was so much fun. But I think um, that was the last time right, I saw him man. in person,
0: man. To be honest with you, I think that was the last time I saw him in person.
1: I, I think I think you're exactly right. I mean, we saw I saw definitely saw in the news after that. You know, there was the the fire at his house, and I know that was a really hard time for him. Um, and you know. Even in the other day, you know who was it? Uh, Sean Strickland put out a thing, and it was like, you know, it was kind of like, it's great everybody's reaching out and saying, you know, these great things, and it's like, but it, you know, on the underlying p- point of his thing was like, well, where's everybody been when Stefan's been going through some stuff? Because Stefan has been going through some stuff, man. You're right; these last few years have been rough for him, just career-wise and other stuff. But he, like a good, like the good man he was. I mean, he was grinding, trying to get through it, you know. And it's just unfortunate, man. 45 is just way too young. <laughs> um for anybody to pass yep. away, let alone somebody like Stefan and what he meant for the sport, but anybody to have their life. Um and that soon um uh, is just that short is just it's just a tragedy. Um so yeah, I mean definitely condolences to his family. And it's, you know, I it was like one of those things, man, it felt like, gosh, it was just like, here's another one. And it was just like I I saw all the tweets going out and I, I think I just retweeted one of the the story things are going and it was just like, man, I just It was just—it was hard to kind of just fathom what it is, but you know there were so many other better tweets out there. People talking, and I was like, I don't really need to add mine to the noise of what's going on out there, you know. But if people didn't realize what sort of that what he meant to the sport, um, I think everybody listening to this this podcast obviously would. But if somebody just happens to stumble upon this podcast and you have no idea who Stefan Bonner is, go back and watch Stefan's career, especially at the beginning. Mm Um, but then even later on when he didn't maybe have such a, some of the big wins, I mean, he fought the who's who in the sport, you know, in, in their prime. And, uh, um, well, maybe some of those fights didn't maybe go his way. I mean, like the guy was there, man, he was, he was there at the beginning. He was there in the thick of it. And, uh, um, you know, it's just sad that, uh, you know, he didn't, uh, wasn't able to be around here long enough to see where the sport eventually is going to go, you know, Um, he certainly kept my interest in more of the wrestling stuff. Cause I was, I remember thinking like when he started doing that, I was like, dude, this guy's like legit MMA, like royalty. And he's like into this wrestling shit. I was like, okay, maybe I should give it more of a, you know, of a chance. Well, he always had that kind of
0: entertainment side of him. Right. You know what I mean? So I think, I think you're right. Such a good fit. I thought, you know?
1: Yeah. So I mean, if anything, you know, he was an ambassador for that sport as well. You know, even though that maybe wasn't his, his first home, um, by his involvement and it made it uh, seem in a way more legit for me. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the kind of, you know, power that he had, you know, by getting behind it. But uh, I mean, he was always, uh, always quick to share his thoughts and what he, you know, and he was just, he was a fun dude, fun dude. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll now have to look back at that day that we were there at the, uh, gosh, what was the name of that, that bar? Nerd bar. Uh, Nerd bar. You know, maybe maybe we'll have to go back it's there. It's a cool and, bar, man. That, that that Throw a couple back for him or in his honor. It's not a bad idea. I know he liked that place. That's so, not a bad know.
0: idea. We should go do that. We need to make that happen when I get back, man. That'd be fun. That's a great bar, man. It's got a bunch of MMA memorabilia yeah. in there. The owner's a huge MMA fan. And, yeah, man, yeah. saw Bonner there. Saw Phil Baroni there. I mean. Uh,
1: Phil Baroni. yeah.
0: Yep. <laughs> fun stuff, man. Definitely had a few frosty beverages that night, man. At, uh, just a, just few. a few. Just a few. Just uh, a few. You know what's funny, man? You you touched on something. And I don't mean to make this and i definitely don't mean to make it about me but it is an interesting thing about social media when you said you know there was so many other like tweets out there that i was like i don't know like i don't know that i need to add to and i had that i had that discussions with myself so many times like it is kind of interesting like sean strickland what he says as well like why are you chiming in now and i i I battle with that sometimes i'm like why do i need to say but it it was just i don't know i feel like it's such an important figure that i did there's a lot of times i don't chime in on stuff because i'm like who cares? You know what I mean? Like, whatever. There's yeah. enough discussion out there. There's plenty of people talking about it. Why do you need to add your comment? Who cares? But it just—it struck me as like I, I just want to make sure that you know at least if if people know me as somebody that's you know been around this for my whole life, essentially, um, that that I have the utmost respect and, and value for what he did, and I, and I don't think you can. So I, I had that internal battle with myself sometimes about whether it's worth even joining the discussion. So uh, anyway.
1: Well, I mean, at least what you put out there was legit. I mean, like, a lot of times people just chime in because they're in this space, you know, and probably some of those people have never actually met him. Um, that's the stuff that sometimes I'm just like, okay, are you, are you really adding context, or if you're just posting, hey, I had a, I really enjoyed covering this man in my sport, you know, in my career. It's like, bro, you're just adding to the noise, yeah. you know. It's a good point. And I think a lot of those, a lot of those people never actually even met him, like. I, I clearly remember the night we were out drinking, and he was happy to see you. You know, uh, that's different. Yeah, that's different. I mean, like the man was part of your life, so I mean, it
0: made sense. It's that's so. interesting, man. I, yeah, that's that's a good way to define it. Um, all right, listen. Uh, I did, speaking of Twitter, I did want to share in on something that I didn't realize when I uh, thought that I wanted to talk about this that it would be deleted afterwards. But uh, obviously, there's a lot of discussion about uh, the betting investigation and all that's going on. And we found out recently that Jeff Molina who trains at Glory MMA, of course, was suspended uh, by the Nevada State Athletic Commission, Um, and we don't know to what involvement it is and everything, but I ran across a tweet, and, again, it's since been deleted, but Cody Durden, who, of course, uh, Jeff Molina and Cody Durden have had a little bit of back and forth. Uh, On December 26th, the day after Christmas, uh, Cody Durden texted, Hey, Jay Molina 125, remember when you called me a piece of shit? Funny how things come full circle. Also funny how your Twitter profile bio used to say "Degenerate MMA Gambler." Don't pick up the soap. Uh, so obviously some trash talk and and that sort of thing. And Jeff replied back and he said, uh, "Continuing to gamble on MMA fights after they said to stop and being a racist POS is different, bud." Uh, so anyway, he since deleted. Now again, I, I I'm not throwing rocks at Jeff Molina because I'll be honest with you, I, you know. I didn't even know. I didn't even know there were there were things against gambling on MMA if you were involved. I didn't even know that was a rule. I'd never had a problem that we've openly known people were gambling for years. You know, it's like. it's so funny, you know, like I said, the conversation, like the story when Justin James bet his whole purse on himself, I never saw anybody come out and say, what? An athlete is gambling on MMA? Like, what is happening? It was just like, wow, you know, people criticized him, people praised him for being ballsy, people said it's silly or whatever, but I never heard one person say, guys, you realize this is completely illegal, like if you're involved in MMA, you can't do it. So this is all new to me, so I'm not throwing shade at Jeff Molina whatsoever, but uh, I just wanted to point that out. So I get, at least according to that tweet, it's just that he continued to gamble on MMA fights after he was told not to. So that I guess that's the thing that's so <laughs> yeah. interesting about this. This whole situation, and again, all the facts still yet to have come out, and we're going to see him. and obviously we're all covering it, and we're all watching it, and we're all waiting to hear it come out. But I just keep seeing this overwhelming like sentiment that like this gym was involved in something highly illegal, and they were fixing fights and all, all this stuff. And I just want to reiterate again, I I don't know, man. I've seen these videos that talk about these conspiracy theories and et cetera and whatever. And I I don't know. Like I just I, I granted uh, I, we're gonna see some policy change and and you know we're gonna see some rule change moving forward. But I don't know. I'd still say I guess maybe temper your uh, desire to just uh, persecute everybody <laughs> involved with Glory MMA for doing something highly illegal. Because I, I to be honest with you, and again. Maybe I'm naive. I don't gamble a lot. And, again, I think that's an interesting discussion. Are, are, are journalists, do they have non-public info? So should they not be gambling? Because there's a whole lot of journalists out there that gamble. Um, so, again, I think that all discussions um, is, is really interesting. But I did want to share that tweet because I just wanted to talk about it. And then it got even more interesting because I asked you before we started, hey, before I talk about this, have you seen it? And we went to pull it up, and it's like, oh, it doesn't even exist anymore. So it's, it's, been,
1: it's, already it's been
0: deleted. But, um, but ag- at least according to Jeff Molina, the suspension is stemming from continuing to gamble. On MMA fights after they said to stop so we'll see
1: yeah and 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 I don't know I mean it's it's just this this whole situation is just it's so crazy that you kind of just want it to be done because I feel like this is that that black that big black eye that everybody says oh the sport this is gonna this is gonna ruin the sport the sport's gonna be different you know you just kind of like I want to see the fallout and I just want it to get over so we can kind of move on but you know and you did bring up the justin jane thing i think more people would have i think the the thing that everybody was like applauding for the effort and the thing that the difference and why nobody raised the flag is that he was betting on himself right. if you're going to bet on yourself you know you know you're just going in that just shows your effort if he said well you know just to to, to cover my losses i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a little money down on my opponent you know but <laughs> oh then yeah people like
0: people would have outrage um
1: people would be completely outraged and be like okay th- there's something with that you know i mean but i could see where nobody cared about it or thought anything about it because everybody was just like oh okay you know he boys betting on himself and ultimately i feel the same way now if a fighter wanted to bet on themselves i don't care i have zero issue with just, it it just it just it just proves that they want to win i have zero issue like with I, you know for you to be like oh no no sir you're not allowed to make this extra money on betting for yourself like that's just stupid. Like, I mean, he's not going to put money on himself and then go out there and try to do something. I have dude, I have zero you know, issue
0: uh, with a fighter betting on themselves. I have zero issue with a coach betting on somebody on their own team because it's just showing their faith and belief that they have. But I get it. How do you monitor, you know, that they're only betting on themselves, right? It's kind of like the, the, the whole Pete yeah. Rose situation or whatever, right? I mean, obviously that's an, an old situation and some people might not remember it. But, you know, it's like, hey, well, you gambled on baseball and you can't do it at all. It's like – I, I honestly have no issue with somebody betting on themselves. And, again, I I like Justin a lot. I don't bring his name up to throw any shade towards him. Like, I thought the same thing. Like, that's ballsy as hell, bro. You put your whole, yeah. you know, money down on you, good for you. And I still have no problem with it to this date. But I guess the issue yeah. becomes the optics of, well, I saw this UFC fighter in a sports book. Or I saw this UFC – or, you know, whatever the case may be. And so they just don't want any gambling at all to happen. Um, I still don't know, I guess, how they monitor that. I've heard, you know, that these companies can have, like, databases. I saw some people saying – I think Chris Wade and Chris Weidman maybe both were chiming in one day on Twitter saying that, like, they tried to register at DraftKings, and DraftKings absolutely wouldn't accept their money because I guess maybe they're in some database as professional MMA fighters, which that's amazing technology. I didn't know that uh, existed. So um, I guess there are probably ways to enforce it. But I don't know. I just – I'm I'm intrigued by this whole situation as much as anybody else is, and I do believe it's a huge story as much as anybody else does, but I I don't know I just I I I feel like everybody's just trying to like oh man these these scumbags that we're doing and it's like wait a minute you if if all they were doing was betting on themselves and, and, and betting on you know and using their expert if all they do is 24 7 spend time breaking down tape. Preparing for fights, living fights—they have pretty good knowledge of who's gonna win and lose. You know what I mean? Hell, a, yep. a videographer who's not even technically breaking down fights, but spends his whole <laughs> life, his whole life watching fights, <laughs> listening to interviews, listening to uh, experts break it down, reading stuff, has won the MMA Junkie stat picks twice. <laughs> I mean, it just goes to show the more that you're around it, like, you you pick up on it. And so, like, if all they were trying to do was find a way to make more money. Now, again, 100%. Yep. If they were betting against their own guys, if they did share information that, hey, my guy's hurt, there's no way he's getting out of the first round, make sure you load up against him, then 100% that's wrong. But I don't think they were right. fixing fights. And I don't know. I just I, Anyway, I just wanted to share the tweet, keep the discussion going. And that's all I had to say about that. We don't have all the facts yet. We yeah. don't have all the facts yet. Yeah. Yeah,
1: definitely don't think Molina's doing uh, any sort of fight fixing. Right! And he's still got a lot of, he's still got a little extra bonus. I mean, he's this and this is the guy that the people maybe if the name doesn't immediately jump in your heads. He also got heat early this year when he decided to wear the Pride shorts. Yeah. Uh that the and he gets a lot of extra kudos on my book for that. So, I mean, he's not doing as far as we know, he didn't do anything shady here, but the dude goes, he's got extra karma points on his side for uh what he That's did right. earlier this year, right. you know, and I, that whole situation was crazy. He so he wore the UFC's Pride Month fight kit or whatever, and had like a rainbow flag or whatever. And a lot of trolls came out and were just harping on him. And he's not a gay man, but he wanted to show his support for the LBGTQ, AYZ community. Yep. <laughs> Um, and I thought it was absolutely just, it was awesome. I mean, he's a, he's a good dude. I mean, like everything we've seen and it's the same thing with Krause. I mean, let the information come up b- before people start, you know, stringing up the, the nooses to fucking hang up everybody. Yep. I mean, like, uh, cause yeah, I mean, if it, it, it and just like we said, I mean, if somebody's going to bet on themselves, like, you know, dude, good for you. I mean, who doesn't need a side hustle? I'm trying to like sell photos off to the side and do whatever. I'm like. Like, we're all trying to fight yes. and, side hustles, and if it and if it's illegal, like, what's wrong with that? That's what you know? I'm saying. Like, everybody's trying.
0: I'm telling you. I'm telling you God's honest truth. I had no idea until this was happening that it was illegal for, you know, anybody with non-public information to bet on sports. I had no, zero idea that that was an issue. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't know that they did either. You know, and if that's all that was done wrong is that like, hey, technically you're not supposed to do this, then it, I mean, that's slap on the wrist, my bad, we'll stop doing yep. it. You know what I mean? Like, so, yep. I don't know. Anyway, just wanted to bring that up and, and share that tweet since it's no longer there. If anybody missed it, that's what that's what he said said he's doing. So all right, listen man. Uh
1: somebody reached out it must have been our legal department reached out to them. They're really on top of things. They might have, they might have, before we even started taping, they were like, uh, "What did you say? Uh, let me get on They're the like, horn." Real quick. Uh,
0: Jeff, you you don't uh, Jeff, you don't know uh, me. Delete. Yeah, you don't know me, but yeah. this is the legal team uh, with the uh, MMA Road Show, and uh, those guys happen to be big fans of yours. And just as as a client of theirs, I wanted to reach out uh, as a courtesy to you uh, for some pro bono advice that uh, you should probably delete that tweet. So
1: that's it. I'm telling you, there's a reason why we give them the big retainers.
0: That's right. All right, man. They know what they're doing. Kudos, they know what kudos they're doing. Kudos to the team. <laughs> kudos to the team. All right, listen. That's going to do it for 2022. Like I said, uh, please, uh, on Friday, check out uh, Fury Professional Grappling 6. I think you'll enjoy it. If you watched them before, you know you're going to enjoy it. If you haven't and this is your first go, give it a go. We, we laid out those names. Obviously, uh, a ton of fun names on the card. Myself and CM Punk on the call. Uh, and then, of course, the Rise Bell Tour show. Watch that however you choose. Uh <laughs> I don't. We don't know what the ramifications of that may be, but it's up to you. Do you, boo. Do, Do you. you. Do you, boo. And, uh, of course, we uh, have not missed a single week in 405 consecutive weeks. So just because it's New Year's next week, we're not going to miss that either. Episode 406 will come to you then. And we'll start getting things going once again in 2023 and start picking up the and a half once we get the, the live shows back mm-hmm. up and going. So we appreciate everybody that supports us at patreon.com slash denmayroadshow.com. Yeah. Anybody maybe can- we'll
1: get some more stuff going on the site. We're talking you know, about it, talking about that. Spitballing, not trying to just figure out ways. I mean, we have the site. Uh, you guys are helping to keep that up and running but- <laughs> with your support. Yes, you so are. thank you very much. So we just need to, uh, you know, if, if there's suggestions and things you'd like to see on the site more, that maybe we can try to put in there. Um, be more than happy to try to do something. Um, I know for the Patreon people, we even talked about. Well, we always say sort of our picks, anyways. But if there's ways and suggestions, 2023 is right around the corner. Um, you guys help drive this show. If you guys got some uh, suggestions and ideas, and especially you on the Patreon, you guys have our uh, definitely eyes and ears on what you guys want to pitch in. Uh, so reach out. So let us know what you want to see on the site, and uh, if it's things that we can make happen. Like like John said before, when we were offline, you know, it's not like we have a ton of. Uh, Extra time to do things, but uh, it's time well spent if it's time spent for you guys. So give us ideas. Give us thoughts of what you'd like to see on the site. And hopefully uh, maybe we'll kind of switch it up right now. It's just been a nice repository for the podcast, the backdrop for, you know, before audio boom, before we are even on audio boom and before we were anywhere else. Um, So it's nice to have that. So it'd be nice to kind of give another reason uh, for people to go there. So uh, let us know what you think.
0: We appreciate it. Definitely. And uh, everybody stay safe. Have a great New Year. Obviously, that's an amateur night, so be careful out there. Yes. There's, there's a bunch of idiots out there on the road. Stay off the road.
1: Stay. Take some Lyft. Take your Uber. Uh, do, use that ride share. Use the ride share. Yep.
0: Stay safe. <laughs> have fun. And uh, most importantly, of course, thanks for listening.